When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Turf Show Times, the podcast. We're here with Last Minute Thoughts. I'm JB Scott, and with me every weekend is Blaine Grisak. Uh, we're here to talk about injuries, matchups, and everything you need to know 24 hours ahead of game time. But first, make sure you're subscribed via your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode, whether that's you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen. Just make sure you never – we have the three installments every week, the post game, the midweek with Kenneth Arthur, and then we do last-minute thoughts every Saturday morning right before the game. So, Blaine, as a Rams fan in 2022, how's morale? Um, I, I mean, I th- I think it's, like, still, like, okay. Like, after winning the Super Bowl and everything back in February, I think it's, like, hard to really be, like, had the Rams not won the Super Bowl last year, I think we'd be really upset right now considering just everything that the Rams had, you know, gone all in to, you know, ho- hoist the Lombardi. And they, they, they did end up, end up doing that in February. But at the same time, like, I think, like, it's still – more than fair to be extremely disappointed in, in what this team's putting out as a product on the field this year, just because, you know, even, even if you don't repeat, I think you at least kind of hope that they would go to the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, maybe two and, um and, and, and be right there um at, among the, 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 the um right there, right there with the, with the rest of the NFC contenders. So um yeah, I think morale is probably pretty low right now, pretty, pretty disappointed. And, um but you know, um, you know, hopefully they can get a win this week and kind of start to maybe turn things around. That's a good way to put it. You know, they the Rams themselves set the expectation that they were going to be contenders this season, right? And they made all these moves in the offseason. They weren't lateral transactions. They were, you know, potential upgrades or things that are supposed to get them right back into the conversation. So as people with public voices, as fans, we have to hold this team accountable for the expectations that they've set. And, you know, through eight games, they haven't lived up to those that standard. So, um, we'll see what they do moving forward. They're not quite out of it yet, but let's put a lid on that, you know, that collapse. There's no other way to call it in Tampa Bay against Tom Brady this week. Blaine, do you think the Rams lost that game themselves, or is it just a case of, you know, Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time? And it was just another case of, you know, him being the best and having some comeback magic in his hands. Um, no, I, I mean, I think the Rams absolutely lost that game. Um, I, I, I don't think you can continue to not play complimentary football like the Rams have done this season and, and expect to, 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 to and expect to win games. You, you, you can't do it. I mean, you can't score 13 points and expect to win. You can't not show up in the fourth quarter every single week and expect to win. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the second time Rams played, played Tom, Brady, Tom Brady in his career, he led a, a game-winning Super Bowl drive in, in, in the Super Bowl to, 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 to win that game. So, I mean, you gave him the ball once, and you got to stop, and you're going to give it to him again. Like, we've seen this movie way too many times play out through his career, let, let alone against the Rams. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Rams absolutely lost that game. Um, offensively, just very disappointing performance. Um, you, you have to be able to get – 10 yards at the end of the game there to put the game on ice. Um, the last drive of the defense obviously wasn't great, but they, they had already done their job one, one drive earlier. It's just, just, just another example of, of this team not playing complimentary football this year. Yeah, and you mentioned the defense already did their job once. And of course, Jalen Ramsey had those you know, viral comments this week that 
you know, they never should have been back out on the field. The offense just needed 10 yards and they should have got the job done. And whenever I think about that sequence and you're going against against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that, you know, generally they're weak against a run, but they still have Vita Vea in the middle of that defensive line. And he's pretty stout and he bullied Bobby Evans all day long. You haven't been able to run the football all season. And, you know, you had some success with Daryl Henderson against Tampa Bay, but it wasn't great. But you still run the ball three times instead of putting the ball in your quarterback that you traded two first-round draft picks for. You signed an extension worth $40 million a year this offseason. I I just don't understand why the Rams didn't put the ball in the hands of Matthew Stafford in that situation. And if you're going to hand the ball to Cooper Cup as a runner, you might as well let him do what he does best and, you know, try to get a first down through the air because he's been so dependable all season. He's been so effective even when defenses throw the, everything in the kitchen sink are trying to stop them. So any thoughts on that that final third down sequence? I'm sure it's something we might talk about all season, especially if the Rams maybe come a game short away from the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole sequence was extremely disappointing. Honestly, just the entire fourth quarter offense was disappointing. They, 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 they go three consecutive three and outs for negative two yards. Like, that's just not being productive at all. And then, yeah, the final sequence, I mean, um, you get creative one time, you give the jet sweep to Cooper Cobb that picks up five yards, but the other two, two runs are, are just directly up the middle. Like that's, that's, that's where, where, where the offensive line is right now in terms of health, like the, the, the center left guard and right guard positions are probably your three weakest spots on the offensive line right now. And you're running behind them. And obviously they, the, 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 those runs didn't go anywhere. And then, yeah, I mean, there was just no creativity there in 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 that situation um at all like like you said like like i said earlier it's just it, it, like two runs just directly up the middle that, that that went nowhere i mean you can't tell me you're trying to win the game when you do that so um whether it was play action maybe like a, a screen or something um to, to put the ball in cooper cup's hands in that situation again they 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 they, they have to be, have to be able to do something different there other than Good job, defense. You got to stop now. Go do it again. Like it's just a completely unfair task for the defense to play lights out for sixty minutes while the offense absolutely stalls. Drive in and drive out for, for throughout 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 the entire game. The, the the offense has to be able to show up when they're asked asked to, just like the defense defense is, and the offense just hasn't hasn't done that this year. Yeah, it was playing hyper conservative. Is playing not to lose, and whenever you take that approach in the NFL, a lot of times you look pretty stupid afterwards, and you look silly. So and that's what that's what Sean McVay. Um, if she had to do it over again, I think he might have done it differently. So uh, you got to put the ball in the hands of Matthew Stafford. Let him find someone like Cooper Cup, or uh, just make something happen because that's why you brought him in to make plays out of structure, and you just got to give him a chance. So um, I think we've talked enough about this Tampa Bay game. It's but it's still on the front of mind. But the Rams, you know, they sit at three and five. If they win this game against the Cardinals. They move to four and five, have the opportunity against the Saints next week to reach that $500, that 500 mark. So on the season. So whenever you're at the 500 mark, you're still in the conversation. You can turn things around on the second half of the stretch. You still have multiple games against the Seahawks, your NFC West division rival. So uh, they're not out of this yet. But as we sit here right now, things definitely don't feel good on the inside. So let's talk about some injuries. And the Rams and Cardinals this week are both pretty banged up. I think. You know, the elephant in the room right now is Matthew Stafford's concussion. And you know, it's really up in the air whether he's going to play. There's a lot of, you know, hoops to jump through in terms of NFL's concussion protocol for Stafford to be available. But if he can't play, the Rams will turn to either John Wolford, Bryce Perkins, or a combination of the two. Blaine, who would you turn to if Stafford's not able to play Sunday? 
Uh, if Stafford can't go on Sunday, I think it has to be John Wolford. Um, I mean, maybe you throw in some packages for Perkins, but I think you go. You have to go with the experienced guy. Wol- Wolford has been in this situation before. Uh, back in 2020, he um, he was a quarterback when the, to, to help send the Rams in the, in, the, in the playoffs in Week 17 against the Cardinals. And um, I mean, yeah, you look at the game; the offense only put up nine points, but I think that's taking away a lot of context. That you know, Acres fumbled up the two yard line. Offense had back to back false starts at the one on second down to push him back to the, to the eleven. Um, so I mean, Wolford outside outside the I think he had an interception on that on that on his opening drive, and but after that he was pretty solid. Um, so I, I think you go with the guy that's been in the system for three years. He's been the backup quarterback throughout that, that entire time. Um, so I, I think you go with him, and 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 um, I, I I would love to I would love to see some packages with with, with Bryce Perkins. I, I I understand why Rams fans are excited about him. He's he's extremely athletic. Um, can it can can run with the ball obviously i mean during the preseason we saw him hurdled hurdle a defender which was awesome um so i i'd love to see him used utilizing that way but i think he still has quite a ways to go as a passer and, and as a processor in terms of reading coverages um but you know, just kind of kind of i guess explain on, on this point too and, and just kind of like maybe maybe like the, the the failures of the front office and then the coaching staff in a sense is you know these are your two options when matthew stafford goes down and i mean the backup quarterback position is, is so important like how, how how much faith do you have? How much faith do you have in these two guys to potentially get the job done? And do you think Rams could, should, should have maybe invested some more um, some more capital in the in in, in this in this um, backup quarterback position? Yeah, I wrote back in June. It's something I you know, thought about sharing again this week that you know the Rams could regret their lack of investment in backup quarterback. So, but whenever you have such a lack of draft capital and you have no salary cap resources because you're so top loaded. You can't afford, you don't have the luxury of bringing that type of player in. And I'm not sure that, you know, the quarterbacks that we consider the upper echelon of the backups, like the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world, Skylar Thompson came in as a seventh round rookie this year and was probably just as good as Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not really sure that that's the one we should hold in high regard. And, you know, I'm more surprised myself why the Rams with an offensive guru like Sean McVay have failed to use a draft pick on a quarterback since 2017, since McVay's been in town. So that's really more of my gripe. But I do definitely agree with you. I'm playing devil's advocate, which is usually my role on Turf Show Times to be the negative Nancy, right? Uh, John Wolfer gets a lot of credit for winning that game against the Arizona Cardinals to get the Rams into the playoffs back in 2020, I believe. But the Rams didn't score an offensive touchdown in that game. The defense actually scored more points than the offense did. And sometimes maybe we look back and remember that game a little bit more fondly. I think having some designed runs with Bryce Perkins and packages, maybe in short yardage situations or goal line scenarios could really give this offense a boost. When you look about around the league and you see these teams that beat the expectations that they had come into the year, the Chicago bears, the Justin Fields, the giants with Daniel Jones, you know, Lamar Jackson does incredible things in Baltimore on a weekly basis. I just, and you know, the Eagles, of course, with Jalen hurts, they're probably the best team in the NFL right now. I just think that the mobility of these quarterbacks really give this Rams team a boost maybe open up some things in the running game and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. We could talk about all this and Stafford might be available, might be able to play, but we know he's missed a lot of practice time this week. So even if he does play Stafford, there's going to be more injuries on the offensive line this week. Alaric Jackson, who's been solid at left tackle, he's doubtful. And, you know, Ty Nasecki is a, t- is a guy the Rams signed during the bye week. Uh, he'd probably be the next man up at left tackle. Maybe someone like Chandler Brewer. Um, Blaine, do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I, I just it's it's just 
it's, it's, it's every week with this offensive line. It's just, it, it gets more and more unbelievable, honestly. Like, like I don't know what to do with the devil that was made last year to win the Super Bowl, but whatever it was, like, they're paying for it this year with the offensive line injuries. Like, um, like Jackson potentially, potentially, uh, probably missing on Sunday makes it what their third or fourth, fourth string left tackle, um, at, at this point, which is insane. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's almost laughable at this point. Yeah. And Naseki came in briefly last week when Jackson initially suffered that injury and he didn't play exactly well. So maybe the Rams feel with Coleman Shelton back, you know, it's always one step forward, two steps back with this offensive line this year. As soon as you get reinforcements, you lose someone else. So, uh, Coleman Shelton, he has our Chandler Brewer has a lack of size, but definitely I think his, as a rookie with the Rams, he played some left tackle. So I wouldn't rule it out if the Rams don't have confidence in the veteran that who just came to the system a few weeks ago, but who really knows what's going to happen. Um, I would, we'll see what, how Sean McVay reacts, but on the defensive side of the ball, your you know, Greg Gaines is also doubtful. Marquise Copeland is probably the next man up in that regard. Uh, he's played extremely well in limited action. Uh, his PFF grade is very high at this point, but you know, maybe in a small sample size, you just wonder uh, whenever you put yourself in a bigger role, if that really holds true. So the Rams also have Bobby Brown who have suspended the first six games, but he's been a healthy scratch since he's been back. So you wonder uh, how he fits into this fold. Maybe with Greg Gaines out, he gets some more opportunities. And then also, you know, Ricky Kyron Williams suffered a broken foot in organized team activities this offseason, got hurt in the first game of the year. He's coming back into the fold. Probably factors to have some sort of role in this game. Blaine, what are your thoughts on how Kyron Williams fits with this offense? And what are your thoughts on him coming out of the draft, too? Um, I really like him in this offense. Uh, I think he's um, he he fell on draft because of his speed, but just watching him on tape, I think he's a lot faster than than he tested. Um, he's very elusive. You know, he can dip and duck into small holes, which is exactly kind of what this offense what, what this offense needs with the running backs that they need them to be able to create. And uh, Kyron Williams is extremely shifty, um, also pretty good as a pass catcher. So, um, like the this year, the Rams have had Henderson, had Darrell Henderson running a lot of routes, but they haven't been necessarily using him as a pass catcher, I would love to see that with Kyron Williams. Um, and, you know, it, it, like, I, 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 like, I, I do love Kyron Williams' game and I, I do think he has a strong, um, a high potential, he has, he has good potential and um, can have a, uh, have, have a good, good role and have success in this, in, in this offense, but expecting a rookie to come in a fifth round rookie to come in, coming off of an injury to turn around this run game, I think is, that's pretty high expectations. And I, I don't know if I expect that, um, but I, I do expect him to have a role and hopefully provide a little bit of a spark. It certainly can't get much worse than it, than it is right now. Um, I know the Rams were really high on him. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited, excited to see what he, what, what he can do. That's fair. I think it says a lot about the Rams and this Ricky running back where he suffered two significant injuries and every time the team's eager to get him back in the fold. So you have to take into account the amount of practice that he's missed over that time. And the fact he's still in the conversation really speaks to how this team views him. And uh, they draft him in the fifth round. That's a pretty high draft pick for a running back. And, you know, who knows how, what this backfield is going to look like in 2023 and beyond, but you know, maybe he could be the lead guy or at the very worst, a third down high volume type uh running back, you know, high volume pass catcher. So we'll see how things shake out. But on the off, on the other side of the football with the Cardinals, we have Kyler Murray. He's a game time decision with a hamstring injury. Uh, veteran Colt McCoy would be the next guy up if he can't go. But even, you know, if Murray does play, you have to assume that he's limited in some way. And that's not great news for the Cardinals because they're also dealing with a slew of injuries along the offensive line. Max Garcia and Will Hernandez, both guards are out. Center Rodney Hudson is also out. And left tackle DJ Humphreys is questionable, though, if I had to guess, I'd say he's probably going to play. So 
Blaine, how do how do the Cardinals work and manage these offensive line injuries, especially maybe with the context that if Murray does play, he's going to be maybe limited in his mobility? Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, you, you kind of said earlier, you know, Rams have all of these um, injuries on the offensive line. And um, up until this point, they've had Matthew Stafford back there who, you know, he, he's not, a, he's not necessarily a sitting duck in the pocket, but he's not, he's not Lamar Jackson by any stretch either. Um, so b- being able to have that mobi- mobility with a uh, John Wolford or, or, or Perkins could, 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 could help the offensive line, help the offense a little bit. And um, honestly, that that's something that Kyler Murray is really good at. Um, and, you know, go, going into this game, I kind of expect a similar game plan um, that Raheem Morris kind of rolled out back in week three and, um, and also in, in the wild card around last last year has given Kyler Murray Kyler Murray problems in the past and uh I I I'd expect to see much of much of the same and you know if, if he has a hamstring injury he might be less willing to run which severely severely affects how you know how he can hurt you he's he's very good at hurting with his legs that's when the Cardinals are the most successful on offense but if you can you know make him sit in the pocket and um beat you from there you you, you have a great chance and if he's if he's limited with the with the hamstring that's in the offensive line is is, is hurt the way, the way that it is it's a great thing for Aaron Donald and these and these edge rushers that really haven't um, haven't performed is, is, is haven't performed as a compliment to Aaron Donald there on the inside. Yeah, that's fair. And we I mean, know we're going to talk about the defense a little bit, but I was really encouraged by Terrell Lewis's performance a week ago. He really flashed not just as a pass rusher, but as an outside linebacker and in coverage and such. So uh, I think that's positive development for this defense moving forward. Even though you know he had a strong start to the year and faded a little bit since, but. Um, another thing to point out about the Cardinals injury report, uh, safety Buddha Baker was initially ruled out the first part of the week. I think he's officially listed as questionable, though might be some sort of gamesmanship. He might not play. Um, Byron Murphy, the cornerback, who has always played well against the Rams and you know, really mitigated the effectiveness of Cooper Cup, it seems. He's questionable for this game, but if it uh, seems like he's trending towards playing. Um, so that's something to think about whenever the Rams, you know, this anemic passing attack hasn't been very explosive. Maybe you can get something going against a shorthanded secondary. So while we're on the topic, we might as well keep talking about the offense. And Van Jefferson hasn't even caught a pass in his first two games back. In week one, he wasn't even, or his first game, he wasn't even targeted. Last week against the Buccaneers, he's targeted five times. Has a brutal drop over the deep middle of the field. But other than that, uh, he had four other targets he couldn't convert into receptions. So Blaine, what are realistic expectations for Jefferson over the second half of 2022? How does he fit into this offense? Yeah, I think realistically, you kind of have to hope that he, he eventually settles in because that drop against Tampa Bay last week was really disappointing. Those are potential points on the board um, later on in that drive, and those points could have made a huge difference later on in that game. So um, it is, it's, just, it's, it's, it's kind of disappointing, you know, or a few weeks ago before Jefferson came back, we were talking about, you know, how much of a, how much, you know, maybe he can unlock in this offense. And we just, we haven't seen that through two games. I think he's been targeted five times, still doesn't have a catch. Um so I, you know, I'm not sure how much that, the injury really hurt him um, in, in in terms of his development. Just, you know, you kind of hope we're, we're hoping that he would take that next step this year and maybe be that two A two B type player with with Allen Robinson. And I'm just not sure that you know he's that difference maker that we all kind of want him to be. Um, not sure if he, in a, you know, with, with with defenses now moving into this two deep shell, um, the, the take away that that kind of over over the top. Um, pass um, and then in in and and the vertical game. He, he's not really the receiver that the Rams, the, the type of receiver that the Rams kind of need 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 right now either, which which um, 
which hurts what the, which hurts what they're, which hurts what they're able to do. So, um, hopefully, he, he eventually eventually settles in and kind of become a threat in the intermediate areas of the field. Um, maybe you know maybe they can get him involved in the screen in the wide receiver screen game a little bit. But um, yeah, the first two weeks that he's been back is yeah he has had that effect that I think some were were hoping for um, when he did when he did return. That's fair and. You know, the Rams keep relying and doubling down on Van Jefferson after drafting him in the second round, but he has never really emerged as a major part of this offense. You know, he had you know 800 yards a year ago, but it was a very quiet 800 yards. And looking back, maybe it was just a factor of there being other options and you're the guy the defenses didn't necessarily pay much attention to. So I uh, wonder what Van Jefferson, what kind of receiver he turns into over the course of his career. But something else I want to talk about is, you know, Tyler Higby has you know, disappeared in this offense, despite in early in this year, whenever Allen Robinson was still getting acclimated and wasn't really involved, Higby was effectively the number two wide receiver, but I don't think he's had a catch the last two weeks. What do you make of that, Blaine? Uh, I think a lot of that is, is, is the Rams offense becoming very predictable. Um, last week, you could hear on the broadcast that the, the Rams are setting up a tight end screen and the Buccaneers de- defense, they're, they're shouting, watch the tight end screen. So, um, throughout the first kind of um first half of the of the season that that's where Tyler Higby a lot of his production came from that tight end screen though that's where the Rams were utilizing him and now that teams are that that's that's been on film that teams know that's something the Rams are going to try to go to they're taking that away and I I think I think that's why Higby's production has taken such a step back because yeah like you said I mean he was effectively effectively the Rams number two wide receiver there through the first seven, eight weeks of the season. And um, yeah, the last two weeks, he's kind of been, been non-existent. So we're going to need to get, get him involved down the field because it is clear based on, based on, based on last week that, you know, that, that tight end screen is, is, is on film now and teams are looking for it. Yeah. And you do a great job breaking this down week in and week out, but you know, every Saturday we talk about the smoke and mirrors that Sean McVay uses to, you know, just kind of create production out of this offense. And to me, that's what the like, teams are starting to figure that out. And you're seeing the difference in the first half of games versus the second half where, you know, you go into the San Francisco 49ers game recently with a, you know, half halftime lead, but they, in the second half, it's really just best on best. You can't, you can't create these smoke and mirrors. You can't, you know, get too creative and too cute. It's just best on best. And if your players are better than theirs and your execution's better then you're going to come out on top and they got smoked in that second half. And the Buccaneers game kind of reminds me of that too, where, you know, you've ran three jet sweeps in the Bucks game. They didn't, they stopped it pretty much all three times, but you keep going through it because you can't run the football. And at the end of the day, it's about this offensive line to execute, create space, and for these running backs to take advantage of that space. And you're just not doing it on a fundamental level. And that's a big concern. So uh, Blaine, I had a a bold prediction and a hot take with Kenneth Arthur uh, when we did the midweek podcast this week that this is going to be, if Matthew Stafford doesn't play and the Rams have these two mobile quarterbacks, this is going to be their best overall offensive game just because it's more of a case of being a low bar, right? This offense hasn't really put up much in the way of points this season. Here's my other prediction, or spicy take, I guess. The two touches that Tutu Atwell's had this season, a nine-yard jet sweep and a 50-plus yard deep reception, that's better than, that's more explosive than anything Allen Robinson's done this season. I think it's time to clear the bench. I think it's time to get him involved, whether or not Stafford plays. You know, whenever in training camp, Stafford was pretty limited with that elbow injury, right? And the guy throwing him the football was John Wolford, so... Even if Stafford's out, I think there's an opportunity to get Atwell involved, even as a gadget player, because, you know, the, whatever you're doing creatively, creatively on offense, it's not working anymore. And it's time to switch things up. And maybe just even if he's a decoy and he's eye candy for the defense, I think it's time to get him involved. So any other final thoughts on this offense as they prepare the, against the Cardinals? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, with, with, with John Wolford and Bryce Perkins, I, I, I think you do have to get really creative and, 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 and introducing a guy like Atwell in the offense, I, I think, you know, is a way to do that. I, I, I love what Atwell is able to do. He's, he's, I, I think on that nine, on one of those nine yard jet sweeps, I think he, 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 um, ended up hitting a, hitting a speed of 21 miles per hour or something. So like he's, he's obviously as just a, a different, a different element to this offense, but I think, you know, with these, with these, um, with these two quarterbacks, I, th- I think it's, it's almost a blessing in, in disguise. I, I think obviously you want Matthew Stafford there under center because you, you trust, I think, a little more what, what he can do. And his, um, he's obviously done it longer than, the, than, the, than these two guys. But at the same time, like maybe it does get McVay to kind of get back to, to introduce some creative things. Maybe it does get him back to, to getting back to the basics a little bit and, you know, utilizing some play action and um, getting back to, to like the, those things we saw in 2017, 2018 that made this offense so good. I, I, don't, I obviously don't expect it to be at that same level, but um, keep things simple with these guys. And, and, and that might end up being, being a good thing. And instead of just, you know, dropping back and empty and, and, Sending your wide and spreading the defense out, and sending your wide receivers out to 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 to, to, to beat the defensive back. That, that that clearly just hasn't worked this year. So if you can get to if you can get more creative with these these two very more athletic and more mobile mobile quarterbacks, um, hopefully you know we we, we see we see more more creative offensive product product on the field. Makes sense. And you know I want to talk about the with the Rams on defense. Uh, the game plan last week last time against Kyler Murray really worked. Kept him away from the middle of the field, forcing him to take these short completions on the sideline. But I don't want to forget about how shorthanded the Rams were for that game. I think David Long Jr. was hurt. Troy Hill was hurt. Kobe Durant was hurt. And for the most part, all those guys are back. Kobe Durant really hasn't had a role since he's come back, at least on defense. But he's been active on special teams, right? And you you were playing Grant Haley, Darion Kendrick. You were so shorthanded on defense, and you really held your own. So I think there's reason to be optimistic uh, in this game, right, Blaine, or is it a case of, you know, the NFL is a league of parity just because something went a certain way last time doesn't mean it's going to happen this week. Uh, what are your thoughts about how this defense approaches Kyler Murray if he's able to play? Yeah, I, I, I think you, you kind of said it perfectly. I mean, no two games are the same. Um, if it, just because one game went, went one way, it doesn't mean the second game can go the other way uh, or, or, or go, 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 go the same way. So um yeah, I, mean, I I I do think this defense is going to need to step up. Obviously, I mean, if you're if you're playing John Wolford or Bryce Perkins on on at, at quarterback, the, the the defense with the with the guys the guys that they have and getting healthier, um, they they need to be able to be lights out for sixty minutes this week. Um, there's there's no question about that. And um, they played Kyler Murray, like I said, really really well the last two times they played him. And um, I, I I would expect to see the Cardinals making making some. Some some adjustments with Murray is limited. That's going to limit what the types of adjustments that they're able to make. Um, unlike week three, two, the the, the Cardinals will have DeAndre Hopkins back this week, which um, gives Murray gives gives Murray a very legitimate threat on threat on the outside, which which they didn't have last time. So that's that, that that's, that's something to watch out for as the Rams do you know bring back a David Long and Darren Darren uh, and Kobe Durant um, in the secondary. Yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke Hopkins has been back for three games so far this season, has 298 yards and two touchdowns. So almost averaging 100 yards a game. He has touchdowns in two of the three games he's been back from his suspension. So that's really been a big boost for this offense. But, you know, they haven't really been much more productive overall or more efficient. It's still just weird. It's befuddling. The relationship between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray is just so confusing to me. You know, and they both got extensions, contract extensions this offseason, right? And, you know, Blaine, a question I'm dying to ask, and you can tell me if I'm crazy for asking it, but, uh, you know, 
both Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford got contract extensions this offseason. The Rams are tied to Stafford to maybe, you know, 2024, probably. Uh, which extension looks worse at this point? I guess now that, you know, both the Cardinals and Rams are struggling uh, this season. <laughs> that's that, that, that's really tough. Um, I think, you know, I, 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 I think the um, the Kyler Murray extension, I think, looks a little worse right now um, just because, um, you know, prior to giving him the extension, Kyler Murray really hadn't had much individual. He, he's obviously a very exciting player and, and, and adds a lot to, to, to an offense. But um, as far as, you know, having that playoff win, t- taking his team on on that deep, deep, on that deep playoff run, that, that winning a, a division title, that's just not something that he had done yet. So locking into locking into that, I think, was a very big risk. Um, whereas at least, you know, the Rams were locking into a player that had take, had taken them to the Super Bowl the year the, the year before. And I mean, a year piece this week, honestly, on the um, how many quarterbacks could have taken them to the Super Bowl was, was really interesting. And I think it's really something to, 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 to think about just given the talent the Rams had last year. But just, um, I mean, the, the, the Cardinals are now tied to Kyler Murray for the long haul. And um, they also gave Cliff that extension as well. So at the end of this year, depending on how things go, the Cardinals might have to pick might have to pick one and um given just how difficult murray's contract is going to be to move on from they'll, they'll, they'll probably have to end up, end up moving on from their head coach yeah i wrote late last season that under no circumstances aside from winning a super bowl should the rams extend matthew stafford based on his performance last season and you know they did win a super bowl and whenever that happens you kind of just you extend the head coach you extend the general manager you extend your quarterback that's just how these things work and I'm not really sure it was the best move for this team because whenever you don't have a truly upper echelon elite quarterback, you got to keep searching for that guy, keep taking your shots to jump up in those rankings, right? And in those tiers, but you know, the Rams, this is what they have for the foreseeable future. This is the offense that they built this off season, bringing in, you know, Allen Robinson, getting rid of Robert Woods, not retaining Sonny Michelle, but instead running it back with Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, right? So uh, this is the offense that they in- built with intent and when it's not letting up to standards, we have, as you know, public voices and fans, have to hold them accountable, right? So, playing running out of time, but what's your prediction for this game? Do you think the Rams move on to three and six, or are they going to get to four and five with the Saints on deck next week? Uh, it's it's really it's really tough. I'm I'm on the fence on this. I I, I think that um I I think I think I'm going to say the defense steps up and and does play lights out for sixty minutes with 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 Kyler Murray having that hamstring injury. He's he's not going to be able to um escape the pocket like like he's like he's going to walk. The, the, the Rams have done a very good job of containing him in the past and frustrating him. The last two times they played him, I, th- I think that continues. And then just like in 2020, I think the offense is just enough to um to to, to get by and and keep us uh keep us keep the season alive. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. The Rams defense has been so stout this season that with all these injuries on the Cardinals offensive line, even if Murray, like if Murray doesn't play and you're facing Colt McCoy, I don't really see the Cardinals getting much going on the ground. And even if he does play, if he's, you know, limited in some way with his mobility, I think that's just too much to overcome. So outside of the offense, you know, turning the football over and giving away free points as we've seen him do this season. And if Matthew Stafford maybe plays and hasn't practiced this week and, isn't there's just no rhythm on offense. I think that's something that could really jeopardize this victory. But uh, I think maybe we're talking about the Rams trying to get back to 500 next week. And that's a good sign based on how, you know, just how disastrously things have gone so far this year. So maybe you, with Alaric Jackson back next week and you have five starters on the offensive line, you feel good about. And that's a, such a departure for where we were at certain times this year. So Blaine, what do you have on deck after the game? Where can people find you on social media? 
Yeah, after the game, I'll have three plays that change the game. Just looking at play, at, at plays, at three plays that had, a, had an impact on the on the result. And then uh, you can find me on Twitter at bgreesecdtr. Awesome. And I'll be back with winners and losers after the game. We have the Instant Reaction Podcast, of course, which we have every single week with Kenneth Arthur and Chris Daniel and myself. So thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss a single episode. This is Last Minute Thoughts, and we'll see you next week.